Hey, welcome, Shine, to House Church Weekend. We are so glad that you are joining us, and we are concluding our series on the study of the book of Philippians, and I hope that you have been enjoying it. I hope that it has been very enriching to you, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to the messages, go to our YouTube channel and listen to the messages because they've been so full and so rich and so uh, in-depth on just what Paul's heart for the church is and for us. And so we're just going to jump right in because there's a lot of information in this final portion of chapter 4. And so I hope to leave you with your house church with many uh, things to actually talk about. I can't get into it in 10 minutes, but uh, my hope is that you will have some great discussions that come out of this. So let's jump in. Philippians chapter 4 verse 10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except only you. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. I, just real quick, I'm not going to talk much about the final greeting, but it just jumps out to me that he says, um, he sends you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. How cool is it that here we have Paul who's in prison um, and those of Caesar actually seeing what was going on and what was happening and he they wanted to send their greetings to this church. It's just really, absolutely, really cool. But that's not what I want to focus on. So I just thought that was a little little nugget for you to, to take with you. Hey, uh, the teaching team actually got together. When I mean the teaching team, this isn't just the church teaching team of Rob, DJ, and Janelle. But we actually asked uh, the house church leaders to join us and... Um, participate in putting together the heart for this portion of scripture. And here's what was amazing is as we talked about it, um, the depth that came out, the richness, the different perspectives. Here's what's beautiful about the body of Christ. And even uh, what's so great about your house church, we have so many different giftings. We have so many different perspectives. We have so many different viewpoints. And the body of Christ comes to completion and to its fullness when we grab a hold of that 
diversity and we put it all together and make something greater than what any one of us could do on our own. And so that's what happened. We got together, we read through this and I just said, hey, what is God speaking to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying in here? And um, man, I, I, I wish I could go through the whole hour conversation that we had, uh, but it was just so um, so great, so rich. Um, and basically two things came out of it. Out of this scripture, there's two different things that really come out. There's a practical side of this section of scripture, and then there's a spiritual side. And I want to just real quickly go through those two, and my hope is that you as a house church will take this um, and you will discuss these things and really uh, talk about what does it mean in a practical sense? What does it mean in a spiritual sense? So let's jump into the practical side of things. Um, I want to focus on really just two verses um, in this section of scripture, and they are two verses that, to be quite honest with you, are two of the most um, commonly quoted verses um, from the Bible. You know, sometimes there's just these these verses that we'll latch on to, um, and sometimes we don't know what the context of, of those are. Um, here's one that has nothing to do with this topic, but uh, bad company corrupts good character. And so you think about that in light of who you're hanging out with, but that one actually has to deal with in context um, the Pharisees. And you'll have to go through and read that. But sometimes we take a, a verse and we quote it to use in our just whatever situation we're in, but maybe it doesn't necessarily fit. And so I want to look at two of those. The first one is Philippians 4.13, and it says this, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now that's a great scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the context of this scripture is really, really important because if you don't get the context, you won't really get the heart of what Paul is saying through that scripture. We use that like, hey, I want to go mountain climbing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or I want to try something new. I can do all things. And yes, Christ can help us to do those kind of things. But I want you to capture the heart of what is being said here. That comes after the section of scripture that Paul says, I have learned to be content in all things. I have learned to I've learned what it is to have plenty and I have learned to what it is to be in need. And in the middle of that, whether I have plenty, whether I have need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I want you to get the picture of what that actually looks like when you use that verse. Because what he's saying is, have you put yourself in a position where you've learned to be content in these things? And as we were talking about this as a teaching team, um, one of the house church leaders said, hey, I don't know if we in America really understand what need is. I mean, we have people that will say, uh, you know, I remember when my kids were growing up, I need a phone. Really? I need a car. I, okay, I, do we really need that or is that just a, a really, really heavy want? Um, and, and a lot of times we will take what we want and we'll transition it into need. And I thought that was such a great point because what Paul is saying is, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to get good at understanding the difference between our wants and our needs. And even in the middle of that, still learn to be content in those things because it's him who is in us strengthening us. Um, so just a couple practical things that came out and maybe you guys could talk about this at your house church. What is it to be really in need? 
have you had a time in your life where you really were in need and either people or God came through to help you to meet that need? And that actually got us into some really practical things that I think Paul really addresses and I'll talk about it in just a minute in regards to the gift that uh, the church gave to him. But um, is there needs that you know that somebody has that you can actually meet? that you could take what you have and actually give to somebody else and help them out? Or how about this one? Um, is there a need that you have? I mean, a real need. Something that you're really longing that you, you need to sustain your life um, and you haven't told anybody. Maybe you can open your heart and be vulnerable and transparent and actually share that need to somebody in your house church or somebody that you love and trust and let them meet that need because boy, that's hard to do, but that's what the body of Christ is all about is helping one another in this. And in the middle of that, we learn to be content in all these things as we minister to each other and help one another out. And so maybe talk about that as, as your house church is just what does it mean to be in need and what does that look like and how can you meet others' needs and how can you confess those things? Jumping on to the second though, second verse that's commonly quoted and that's Philippians 4 19 and it says this and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory glory in Christ Jesus all right so what is the context that this verse is written in uh, you probably aren't going to like this but the context of this verse is this um, Paul is just um, exhorting and um, just encouraging the church for the gifts, plural gifts that they gave to him. As a matter of fact, the verse right before it says this, um, that your gift is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Um, so that scripture where we quote and says, my God will meet all my needs in accordance to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's given in the context of generosity. It's given in the context of a church that gave sacrificially in order for uh, Paul to do his ministry and the work and to have his needs met uh, through these gifts. And so um, we can quote that scripture and I, I, I think that it's absolutely true. God will meet all of our needs. But the question I have for you is in the middle of that, where is your generosity level are are you are you a giver are you giving out of um the abundance that you have are you giving sacrificial out of maybe not an abundant place but because you feel like god has asked you to do that and in the middle of that then being able to say god will meet all my needs according to the riches of jesus christ again talking in the teaching team one of the house church leaders said this he god supplies us so we can be generous and he has such an abundance that we should never fear lack when considering whether we should give and be generous. Don't think about that. God is the God that owns the cattle on all the hills. He owns everything. He's the creator of it all. As a matter of fact, if you look up God in the Greek, it means he's the creator and owner of all things. He has absolute abundance. Why would we fear and being generous. Why would we fear giving when he's instructing or, or leading us to? It's something in our flesh, and I get it. It's something that we feel like we need to control, but here's the truth. God has it all, and if he's speaking to us about being generous and about being givers, you know what God will do? He will meet all our needs, and so again, just from a practical standpoint, um, what can we do in order to open our hearts to be more generous, to be more giving? Because it's in, thou, in, 
It's in those times that then we will see that God will meet all our needs. It's amazing that um, there's a principle in the word of God that really is, is if the more you give, the more God will give to you. The more you give, the more you get, are given. And Pastor DJ actually spoke about, it's, just, it's an interesting cycle that as you give, he gives to you so you can give more, so he can give you more. And it's just this cyclical thing that is absolutely amazing. But boy, is it hard to enter into that. And so for some of you, maybe this is a challenge. Maybe in your house church, you could actually talk about these things. Maybe be vulnerable with one another. Where are you in regards to your thoughts on giving and being generous? And understand that uh, Paul wants us to understand that there is a very practical element to this. And if we will grab a hold of that and embrace what the Lord is speaking to us, he will meet all of our needs because he is the abundant God. And so there's just a couple practical things, but like I said, it went from practical, but it also jumped into spiritual. And uh, here's what really came out of that portion of that is that as you read through this scripture and you move beyond the contentness and uh, being able to do all things through him who strengthens you and moving through the giving and the gift that was given and all of that, what really comes out is Paul's dependence and trust and that it is firmly in the Lord. He is encouraging the church of the fact that whether he's in need or want, he trusts the Lord. If you use the same two verses, considering the spiritual element, listen to how uh, it would read. In, in um, the Berean liberal, literal Bible at 4.13 says this, I have strength for all things in the one strengthening me. And man, that is so important to grab a hold of the fact that this is, yes, a practical section of scripture. And I think a lot of times you can see the practicality of it, but sometimes we miss the spiritual element of that. And the spiritual element is this, that when he strengthens us, we can do all things. When he gives us his peace, we can be content. When we put our eyes on him, that's when we learn how to be content in a, in a world that's, that can be chaotic and, and crazy. And so from a spiritual side of things, how are you doing in regards to keeping your walking, talking relationship alive with the Lord? Maybe you guys could talk about that in your group. Um, obviously giving you many different options to go um, from this message, but well, there's so much depth and richness in this section of scripture. And then finally, Philippians 4.19, using the same one. Uh, in the English Standard Version, it says this, and this same God who takes care of me I love how Paul sets it, or how it's written in the English Standard, how Paul writes this. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul understood that his relationship with the Lord is what took care of him in want, in need, in plenty. The relationship with God is what sustained him. And because of that, he is praying that this same Lord will do the exact same for the church of Philippi and that he'll do the same for you and I. And so I'll just simply conclude with this. The whole focus here, guys, is to be on Jesus. When we have a designated time to read his word, speak to him in prayer, take time to listen to what he's speaking back to us, it becomes easy to be content in all things, and to be giving and generous and have a generosity of heart. But it starts with our relationship with the Lord. So I just want to encourage you as we conclude this study on the book of Philippians, that Paul's heart is that we would join together, as he said in the, in the very first section of chapter one, that we would join together in partnership
And that in doing that, we would focus our eyes on him. And as he instructs and as he leads us, that we would follow the direction of what he has for us. And when we do that, we will be generous. We will be content, no matter what we have or what we don't have. And so, um, church, we love you. And we hope that this has enriched your walk with the Lord. And we pray that you have just an amazing discussion that comes from this. We love you. God bless.